Okay. I actually have like an additional sheet of notes for some stuff we can cover today, but I'll let you guys go first. So the standard protocol is first, I'll ask Lee if I miss any quote blanks. 3A. 3A. Oh, okay. 3A. Judgment. Christians will face God's judgment. Any other missing blanks? 2A. 2A. Oath. All our speech should be given at oath strength. We should not have varying grades of truthfulness. Um, uh, playing back, no, leave it your life. Uh-huh. Playing it back in here, there's like a tenth of a second delay. Oh. It's going to be really awkward, so... I'll just speak loudly. Just use your big boy voice. I'll use my big boy voice. All right. All right. Okay. Any other blanks? Okay. Any questions from what we covered this morning? In the back, Janelle. All right. So, as big girl voice, big voice. Okay. Let's pretend I don't have anything in my hand here. So, as you were talking about having uh, honest speech and not making any sort of insinuations or anything along that line, I was just reminded of in my childhood. I read a lot of like World War II novels, and I always kind of wondered how honesty works when, say, you are trying to get Kill Jews someone. out of your country and you're making fake papers to get them out of the country. That you're hiding exactly them in Rahab. So, so how does no, that no, work? That's, that's okay. this right here. So let me, let me deal with any other questions. And I knew this is where we're going. We will deal with, is it ever okay to lie? What about lying to the Nazis about hiding Jews? What about Rahab? What about the Egyptian midwives? What about uh, the Lord's instructions to Samuel to save Saul? Ask where you're going. That is where we're spending the bulk of our time. So we're going to pause. If there are any other questions, you, you, no, you, 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 right on the, right on the nail on the head. Boom. Okay. Any other questions? Don't, when the microphone, don't, you got to play by the rules, Don. Of course it does. The wicked say there is no God. That's, that's, it's a true lie. It's a true reporting of the lie the wicked tell. But yeah, I mean, depending on how you, what you mean to say, yes. Well, and there's, there's true speech that is lying in the Gospels of the wicked leaders and people accusing Jesus. So it, inerrancy doesn't mean <laughs> inerrancy doesn't mean um, everything in the Bible is. It does mean everything's in the Bible is. It, it's all what you mean by what you say. Everything's true. This is a true account of what Annas the high priest said, and what Annas the high priest said was a lie. But this is a true account of his lie, right? Does that make sense? Um, so, yes. Okay. Any other questions? Linda. And then Siobhan. Oh, Siobhan first. Go, go, go. go. Here you go. That's right. So, speaking of idle words, how do you determine gossip from just stating facts? Um, is it the is it the heart and the way you're saying it, or is if you're just helping someone connect dots, you know? Or? I would I would go back to well, I think we covered this when Daniel and I I think we both uh, did a week on speaking evil against one another back at the end of chapter four of James. My short answer of what is gossip would be um, to repeat a matter about someone else that will lead to the person I'm speaking to thinking less of them. If I'm going to do that without good reason, I need to justify doing it. Like, for instance, in church discipline, we repeat something, but because Jesus told us to, that's why, right? But, but all things being equal, I need to come up with a validation or justification for why I would repeat this thing to you that would make you, lead you to think less of them, ill of them. So I can repeat things that'll make you think well of people. I can repeat things that are neutral, even. But if I repeat a matter that is going to uh, dredge up and make you think less of someone, that that's at that point becomes gossip without answering the question, why? I mean, what I'll say to people who sometimes share things with me, and sometimes they're like, well, you're the pastor, you need to know this. Why are you telling me this? Well, I just thought you should. Have you talked to them already? No. Then you don't need to talk to me. 
Um, and, and then there'd be a sort of an ordering of, uh, no, it may, it may be appropriate. You've tried talk. You're trying to get your two or three witnesses. Like Jesus said, if they won't listen to you, can you come talk to me? We, I, I'm sideways with Siobhan and we can't get on the same page. Would you come help us out? Like, that's a reason to, to share something. Um, but you, you need a good redemptive reason. And it can't just be because I want to, <laughs> or I'm sharing a prayer request. Right. Um, so that, but that's my short two-minute answer, um, but more deeply, two messages on speaking evil of one another at the end of James 4 tried to hit that hit that with some clarity. So, Don wants the mic. No, no, well, yes, it's Linda. Okay, so I don't know I if this is along the same vein or not, but the term, I just bristle when I hear people say, my God, but then you said it this morning, so I kind of, not, not, I didn't bristle at yours, but it reminded me to ask you this question. Away, um, <laughs> so, because I generally associate that, most people I've talked to that have used that term say, well, my God would this or my God, you know what I mean? So, it's yeah, in my experience, that term has not been good. But I generally, what, I, I rarely will say things like that. I'm saying it meaning the Muslim will swear by his God. The, the Jew will swear by his God, the, the Hindu will swear by their gods, you know, and I swear by my God. Um, that, that's, that's, that's the context in which I mean it, is, is we have different gods. Now, we know there is no God but one. We know that what the, the pagans serve, they offer up the demons. But there is a biblical way of speaking of he offered it to his God. Um, lowercase g. That's all I meant right. to say. No, and, and, and you know me. That's not very common that I'll speak that way. Well, and, and right, I said, and I didn't yes. have a problem yes. with the way you used it. Like I said, it just reminded me to ask just this question. Just don't make it a pattern, Jeremy. <laughs> that's what you're, that's what I'm clear on. I was okay with it this time, but let's not start a pattern here. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. But fair enough. Is, yeah. is there ever a time to that? That's correct i mean because if you're speaking with someone like i you know like i said i have in the past where they say well my god wouldn't whatever oh, yeah. and yeah. right and so they've made up a god in their head that they like you know that will do what they want but not do the bad stuff yeah i mean to them you know there's right. no consequences so is there a good context to say it that way or should you be saying well, certainly, at least the way English translators, I'm just looking it up, um, it's not an uncommon occurrence in the Old Testament. The Lord my God has given me a command. Um, I'm trying to find it in contrast with other so-called gods. Um, uh, no, just trying to see if I can find... Um, where in Isaiah. Well, think of Ruth. Your your God will be my God. Right. There's there's the idea of an a abs, not abstract, but like there's many. The concept clearly is there's many gods, and I'm forsaking my old God. Your God will be my God. Right. That's at least one faithful way of speaking that way. Right, um, and they're generally speaking of the one true God. But as when was I? Um, but when you're speaking with someone who you know is having saying that well my god wouldn't it be correct at that point to come back and say well the true god or no no normally when you're dealing with people with subjective gods uh i i think it'd be clear I, on the one hand you don't want to be rude so like you've got your conception of god and that's what we're arguing or debating so i'll probably say the god of the bible the god of scripture but if it's clear, that's what I mean. I later might say, my God, God I worship, the God I worship. But you're right. I certainly don't normally say my God because of how it's like, here's my conception. God. Here's your conception. God. Here's, you know. So, yeah, I generally avoid that lest someone think I'm saying that. Um, yes. So, that's a fair guard. Don, what you got? Uh, talked about... Uh not saying something that would cause somebody to think less of somebody, but flattery is the opposite, but it's a prohibition in Scripture as well. And the issue with flattery is truth. You speak the truth in love. So, I'm not free to say anything. I have to speak the truth. And I don't want to make someone think less of someone. So, the, the fine line between that. Flattery would be the embellishment, the exaggeration, the dishonesty that comes from that. 
Um, and the truth is the truth. So, so that's so. There's two like normally. There's two ditches. One on either side of the road. You can err into flattery and dishonesty. You can tell the truth, but it's going to make someone think ill of someone. So this gets back to Ephesians four twenty. Let no corrupt, literally rotting word come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the moment that may give et growth, edify, and give grace to those who hear. Upbuilding. Um, so not corrupt words, but only timely necessary, grace-giving, upbuilding words. And sometimes that's a rebuke. I mean, it's not all, it doesn't, he's not saying, we hear that and we think, be nice. Mm-hmm. As if like the 11th commandment is, thou shalt be nice. You know, um, it's, it's not. We saw Jesus not be very nice this morning. He was never unkind, though. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Amen. Okay, any other, any other questions on this? Let me just ask before we move on. I was a little... I was a little concerned that my explanation was too complicated, but I think it needed to be the way it was. Let me just summarize it, make sure this, you guys get this. So James is most clearly than any other place in the letter citing Jesus. So the assumption would be what Jesus meant by this, James means. We go to Jesus in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, Jesus in Matthew 23 helps add some clarity. In Matthew 23, it's absolutely explicitly clear. They're saying, you swear by this, you don't have to keep it, but you swear by that, you do. They're they're playing games. So then that helps explain Matthew 5. You fit in the fact that the Old Testament actually tells you only to swear by one thing, the Lord your God. So what they're doing, swear by the temple and by heaven and by earth, I don't know. They're not obeying the old commandment. And so Jesus is telling them to stop playing those games. But the old option of if you need to, if you think it's appropriate, if you, if, if you think it's timely, I don't know why Paul makes oaths when he does, but he does. Um, and I think he's free to do it. He does it by the Lord his God. He does it by the Lord by Yahweh, the, the, the God who is. And he's doing it honestly. And he's not doing it to suggest that at other times you, I'm not trustworthy. So any sort of attempt to use oaths to try to make varying degrees of trustworthiness, and it doesn't really count over here, it's wicked, we need to throw that out. And any of these swearing by other things, in sense, Jesus is saying, don't you realize whatever you swear by, you're ultimately swearing behind the God who stands behind it all. So give it up. That's ultimately the point. I'm trying to say this what James is saying. Do that make any questions about just the, ra- the logic there, or if that was clear? Any questions of clarity? The same on thing that? as just weights. Just weights. Mm-hmm. Sure. You have you have one standard. That's right. That's right. I think in Paul's case, it's partly because the Corinthians were smearing and slandering him, and he's basically I am I am as a Jew. You know how serious it is to. To, to invite this judgment upon myself. I will readily invite God's judgment if I'm lying upon myself. You need, to, you need to believe me. It's not that Paul sometimes isn't trustworthy, but when people are attacking his character, I'll, I'll, go, on, I'll go on record. I'll, I'll, I'll call the Lord to testify and witness against me. May he judge me if I'm lying. It was to spare you that I didn't come. Um, yeah. Okay, any other questions? Don. So, how is uh, not telling the truth different or the same as telling a lie? That's part, let me wait till we get to the last question, because I'm going to argue that deception and lying are similar, but not the same thing. And I'm assuming you mean by not telling the whole truth, deception. Um, That's partly what I'm going to get into, is is we got to talk through deceit and lying, are they the same thing? I don't think they're the same thing. I think they have a lot in common, but pause, that'll, we'll get to that. Any other questions? Let me cover this morning. Okay, then we're going to open up the issue of, is it, so let me, let me frame it for you, and I'll tell you beforehand what I'm going to argue, and I'll freely admit, good people differ on this topic. The topic is this, are there in extreme circumstances to save life? Um, especially from governmental powers, is, are there times when it is appropriate to lie? The, the classic example would be to hide Jews from Nazis or the, the home invasion person and you've got a baby upstairs in the crib. Is anyone else here? Um, those would be the classic examples. The biblical examples would be the, uh, the midwives, the Egyptian midwives who fear God, and then they don't kill the babies, because 
let's just look at some examples. Let's just look at the textual evidence. Exodus 1. Exodus 1. Um, Fifteen to twenty-two. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was made named Shifra, the other Pua. When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women, and you see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, you shall say, you shall, she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this, and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the young Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dwelt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. And then Pharaoh commanded the people, that's when they moved to plan B, throw them in the Nile. So there's, there's the first argued case of God praising, rewarding these women for lying. So it... For, I'll play my hand. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't think there is an exception for lying, um, but this is one of the two cases used in the Bible, or three. I'll give you the other one. Um, if you remember, Rahab lies. They, they come and ask her, "Have you seen these men?" And she says, "No, no, I've not." She's hiding them, and then she sends them out another way. And Rahab, not once but twice, is commended in Scripture. Let's read that. So the first one is Hebrews. Hebrews 11, 31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So there, Rahab's treatment of the spies is explicitly what is highlighted as what she did by faith. And then James 2.25 in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Works of faith. So the, these are the two examples. I'll give you a third. The Lord rejects Saul. Saul loses first the dynasty by offering the unauthorized sacrifice, and then he loses the kingship itself when he makes a statue to himself, spares Agag, spares the best of the sheep when they're supposed to totally destroy the Amalekites. And in 1 Samuel 16, 1-3, this happens. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. And I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How shall I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Question is, Minimally, isn't that kind of misleading or deceitful? And yet God tells Samuel to say this. So, the question, and so again, I, I'm going to argue my position. Um, I've talked to Pastor Daniel. I think we're on the same page. And this is a niche er, area where I, we could disagree, and it's fine. We can, we can have a cheeseburger. But I, I want to make my argument why I don't think it, it, that flies. Um, I don't think it's ever okay to lie. Um, so let me let me start by my argument by saying deception and lying are distinct. For instance, um, in sports, yes, I know about sports. Um, although I do not do not tell me. I do not know who's in the Super Bowl tonight. I do not know. I try to make it a game to see how close I can get to the game before I find out who's the teams are, and I don't know. <laughs> My son was going to tell me, and I was like, um, so I don't know. I was telling my mom the other day, it's my, my sisters were really, two of my three sisters were incredibly athletic, but one of my sisters has unbroken track records at school. And so when I was like 
Zadik's age, Sophie's age. No, Zadik's age. I was like four, five, six. I was dragged around by the nose to all these sporting events, and I had no context to interpret. I remember being terrified at the basketball games because the the sign thing would be like, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know. And and so I really. I really never took to watching sports. I played sports in school, but I never really got it. And then, then when then I got into rock music and stuff, and I just never got into watching sports. I I, I got no beef with sports. I've just never really um, watched them. Um, anyway, that's that's just some autobiography. So. <laughs> So, but in sports, right, you will faint. You want to get your opponent to think you're doing one thing when you're doing another. You want them to think you're throwing the ball to one receiver and not the other. This happens in war. A great example would be how they took AI the second time. You remember after Jericho, they fought AI and they lost. Well, the second time what they did is they sent out a skirmish troop to draw the army out. The, the army and AI thought a small Israelite band has come. Let's go pounce on them and destroy them. And then when they leave the city unguarded, the main force comes in out of hiding from behind and burns the city. Totally tricked them. Totally deceived them. Right? I mean, I'm going to use deceit, mislead, um, deceit and deceive are the same thing. Deceit, mislead, fool, trick, interchangeably here, right? Um, And so what I would say first off is deceit, deceiving, Tricking, fooling, is not the same thing um, as lying. It may involve lying, but it's not necessarily the same thing. And biblically, I think there can be situations, clearly, where deceiving, misleading, is appropriate. That's how I'd answer what God said to Samuel. Samuel absolutely misleads Saul in his answer. Saul knows Samuel has just told him, you forfeited your king. The Lord's going to find himself a king. So if you're Saul, you're watching the only active prophet really really carefully, right? Where's he going? What's he doing? And so Samuel does not lie, but he completely deceives, fools, tricks, misleads Saul. Um, Now, it's not the case with the Hebrew midwives. That's not the case with Rahab. But I'd I'd answer that with with Saul. But I'd go even further and say God himself, who cannot lie, does at times deceive. I'll give you an example. 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 to 12. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. What 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 says. Or... Um, you could look at 1 Kings twenty two twenty three. Now, therefore, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of these prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. So, God cannot lie, Hebrews 6. God can deceive. He can lead people to believe what is false. Um, so, that's the distinction I'm making. So, let me, let me ratchet it back. And I'm just trying to clear off what I hope is the easier territory and get to the part where we can disagree. Um, So when is it appropriate to deceive? I'd say, here's the way I tend to think of it. Deceit, misleading someone, is more of a horizontal issue of me loving you. So by default, loving my neighbor as myself, I ought to speak plain, simple truth. That ought to be the default standard. But even within that, I may well mislead my wife to get her to go to a surprise birthday party. Deceive her, right? Um, Get her to think we're doing one thing when we're going to do another. Um, and I'd say that's, that's, that's potentially fine. When she finds out afterwards what I did and why I did it, she'll, she'll thank me. She won't curse me. Um, I think in war, or you may even play a game. I mean, if you play poker, what's bluffing, but trying to get someone to think you got a good hand when you don't. And, and we may say part of the rules of this game is that we're going to try to trick, fool, misdirect, deceive each other. Um, and I think that can be fine. Yeah, David acts like he's crazy. Just dribbles down his beard. Um, first basketball in the Bible. David dribbled on his beard. <laughs> Tennis was uh, Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. <laughs> Baseball was in the beginning. Okay, sorry. I can keep going all day. Um, first cigarette was when Rachel lit off her camel. Okay. Okay. So I'll stop. I'll stop. I stop. I go too far. All right. Okay. Um, so I think I think we all ought to be able to agree that there can be times when deceit, misdirection, trickery um, is appropriate. 
is 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 fine. I, I think we can all agree on that. Now, I think we ought not to do that to each other, and by default, speaking the truth and love to each other. I'm going to need to have reasons why it's appropriate to do this. We're at war being a good one. You know, you're trying to kill me being another one. You're trying to kill some other people being another one yet. Sure, absolutely. Um, and that, that may be appropriate. But I would argue that speaking what is not, speaking and, and the words coming out of our mouth not being true is wrong. The first reason would simply be we're commanded not to do it. Um, we can argue from the example of the midwives, argue from the example of Rahab that it's modeled as okay, but it certainly lacks any explicit warrant where God says, in this case, lie. There's just, we'll start there. Doesn't prove it's wrong, but it would, this would be a no argument if there was a text that said, you shall lie to him and say, you know, and then be like, okay, at least in one instance, lying is okay. It lacks any specific warrant. Okay, do we actually have examples of God commending lying? I don't think so. With the midwives, I think a quite credible reading is when, the, when they, when you, okay, the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. So the fearing of God is seen not, is, is localized, they didn't kill the male children. I don't see any reason not to read this, where Moses tells us what they did that showed fear of God, then he tells us the rest of the story. And so when Pharaoh came and asked them, why are you doing this? They make up their story about the... By the way, this story doesn't save children. This story saves them. They didn't lie to save babies. They lied to save them, right? So don't. this isn't an example of I'm lying to save the children. You're lying to save yourself. You've already saved the children. Um, the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, they are vigorous, and they give birth for them, the midwives come to them. So God dealt well with the midwives. What? Except for the because part. It's not actually a lie. It's like <laughs> random factoid. But, but, the, but, no, but they're accused. But they're, what's, in, what's clear is, why did you not kill them? We weren't there in time. Well, they were there in time. Yeah. Um, the babies were born before we got there. Um, so God dealt well with midwives and the people multiplied and grew. So I don't see why it can't be more than the midwives feared God and did something acting on the fear of the Lord. They didn't put the children to death. God rewarded them for that. Well, what about everything else they did? We're not talking about everything else they did. We're talking about, in other words, the text says they feared God didn't do what Pharaoh said. I don't see any reason why it has to be more than that. Yes, Lee. Microphone. Microphone. Also in the, the New Testament, somebody somewhere is told to be wise as serpents, serpents and harmless, and as, harmless, harmless as, as doves. And a serpent, what is a serpent but deceptive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's where I'm making the distinction between deceiving and lying. I'm going to come up with a theological reason first, but i got to deal with the examples. Um, Rahab, same thing. I would argue that Rahab, when you think about this woman, she is a Canaanite prostitute. No scripture. But she hears an account of what God did to Pharaoh in Egypt. You wonder, why did God raise up Pharaoh? In part, that Rahab might get saved. And she decides to commit treason on her entire nation and people and cast her lot with the people of God. And she takes in domestic terrorists, the spies. What? No! If How would we view someone if we found out they were hosting... Uh, a foreign North Korean, China, USSR team of people whose sole goal is to spy out the land that they might take them down and destroy it. That's what the spies were doing. We would call that terrorism, treason, and we put them to death. She switches teams. I want to be on the team of the people of God and the promises of God. Amazing faith. And she takes, so what does the text praise her for? Again, I would say she does so much good here to be reckoned on. Look at what she has praised for. Hebrews 11. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she'd given a friendly welcome to the spies. Was it faith that Rahab took them in and welcomed them? Absolutely. Okay? James. In the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? I don't see the text commending her lying. I see the text commending commendable actions of Rahab. It was commendable she took him in. It was commendable she sent him out. Not saying anything more than that. Um, so I don't see the text clearly. It would be different if by faith Rahab lied. The game set match would be done. 
we'd be done. Um, I don't, I don't see that. So let's then get to what, what, why, let me think it through now from another angle. Um, so the question of what do you do if you're hiding Jews in World War II? Well, the first thing I would say is whenever these dilemmas get put forward, the assumption is you either have to tell the truth or lie. There's always a third answer. You don't have to answer the question, which is exactly, no, our Lord, multiple times. Matthew 26, the high priest stood and said to him, have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. So the first thought is, it's a false dilemma to think either you lie or tell the truth. You can just say nothing. You can also misdirect. Are you hiding? Why would you think I'm hiding Jews? You want, you want to check my house? Go for it. You, what on earth makes you think I got them here? Um, we got the example of Jesus with that. The other example, this is what one of the things that sold me. I was listening to R.C. Sproul talking about this. Um, he was using the example of the housebreaker. You know, an armed man enters. There's a mother and her child's up in the bed upstairs. And is there anyone else in the house? And R.C.'s point, and this, this was really helpful to me. Lying doesn't save anyone's life. Lying, from your vantage point, increases the odds of someone being safe. That's all it does. You're not guaranteed. No, no. Here's what I mean. It could play out a number of ways. It could turn out that the the, the robber checks, finds out you lied to him, and in anger because you lied to him, kills your kid. Your lie could kill your kid. But you're banking on the fact that the best bet my kids got, the highest probability of survival, is if I lie. But you are just playing statistics. You're not guaranteeing. Lying to the Gestapo doesn't guarantee they're not going to find the Jews. You're not guaranteeing, you are not actually saving a life by lying. You are increasing the probability of saving a life by lying, at best. Once Sproul pointed that out, I was like, okay, so then it's not as righteous as I'm saving a life by lying. The best you're doing is increasing the probability. You're helping someone survive. You're, you're making it easier. You're, you're strengthening their chance of living, but you're not deciding anything. Um, that point to me was somewhat compelling. But that, let me bring in then the theological point, and then I'll open it for discussion because I'm doing a lot of talking, and I have no doubt some of you disagree with me strongly, which is totally cool. Um, God cannot lie. How then can we glorify God by doing something he cannot do? In what way, if we're to glorify him, whether we eat or drink, if we're to image him and reflect his character, how can we reflect God's character in a pleasing way to him when we lie? If he cannot, it is impossible for him to lie. That'd be my theological question would be, how do you lie to the glory of God? How do you lie in a Christ-like way? Uh, ask his blessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the, final piece, the final piece I'd say is this. Uh, a friend of mine comes at lying from a different angle, um, which, which is interesting. God speaks, and reality conforms to what he says. It's one of the reasons he can't lie. Because he says there's light. Guess what there is? Light. Our speech is meant to be dependent. We have the choice of speaking in accordance with reality or not in accordance with reality. We can follow suit. God's, God has spoken this world into existence. You are reified speech of God. You are... His word upholds us. He spoke the world into existence, and by his word, he upholds all things. So God is is speaking all around us, in every tree, in every bird, in every blade of grass. It's, it's the incarnated speech of God, and he's got a purpose, and he's going somewhere with it. And our speech can reflect and harmonize with and play along with and follow in suit with what God is saying. Or we can grab, this is my friend's phrase, we can try to grab control the narration and tell a different story. And to the degree that I take you in, I am creating a false reality, a false world. If I, if I showed up to a dinner party and told everyone that I was a medical doctor, I'd get a fair amount of honor and a fair amount of, as I deceive people, they treat me this way. In this little bubble of this room, there's a false reality going on. I'm playing God. I'm taking control of the narration. I'm speaking and re wanting reality to conform to me. And, and so there's a sense of like playing God and lying that I think is taking place. But anyway, those are my main arguments. I will open it up for people pushing back and telling me why I'm wrong. So that's cool. You will not offend me in the slightest because I know good people would disagree with me on this. Um, questions, thoughts, complaints?
a haiku. Go. Go. JP needs a microphone. So have you read and accepted the terms and conditions? <laughs> no, that's a, that's, that's a great, no, that's a great point. No, that, that, that's a fantastic point. That gets back to idle, no, that gets back to idle words. No, we should think long and hard. My, my wife, I'll tell you, she's not here. Oh, this is awesome. My wife, my wife, there she is. Baby, I'm going to tell a story about you. <coughs> no, when we signed our mortgage, we're in a room, there's an attorney, he takes two minutes to explain some stuff, and then he wants us to sign. And Serena is, wants to read it. And you watch this attorney go from mild unbelief to like, you, you got to be joking, to literally being petulant like a child and throwing his pen. No, he was literally like a, like a, like a six-year-old. And she's reading it, and she maybe asked two or three questions about what she read, and he was just pouting. I mean, I'm sure on his schedule, he had like eight more things to do and the things getting backed up. But, but no, I just signed it because I wasn't thinking it through. No, but, but these, but if you get back to, like I, was, like I was talking through with Daniel, um, what if I say I'm going to do something? I'll get back to Paul's example. Hey, I'm going to come visit you. And then he doesn't. But the fact that he defends himself, recognizes it's a valid charge. And then you factor in what James says about tomorrow, here or tomorrow. Say something casual, like, hey, JP, I'm going to be at the, uh, I'm going to be at the game tomorrow. I'll see you there. And then I'm not there. I might think to myself, well, I didn't promise JP anything. And I just said it. But what does James say about today or tomorrow? Like, <laughs> no, James does seem to care about, like, just loose speech. And so I might think, well, what's the harm? It wasn't like JP was counting on me being there. I just said, I'll be there. I spoke in arrogance, boasting, didn't I? Right? You're going to go here today, tomorrow? You're going to buy and sell? You're going to come back? My life's a vapor. It turned out that my car broke down because I'm a vapor. My car's a vapor. And I didn't speak. And I didn't speak like vapor. I spoke like a powerful person. I mean, there's, there is a sense which I need to eat some humble pie. I'm like, dude, <laughs> the Lord reminded me he's God and I'm not. And I spoke not as I ought to, right? Um, no, I think James does care about little details about how we speak. And so, yeah, signing the I read everything. Is, I got to... It's entirely possible, like, yeah, I can't just do that and whatever. Um, yes, accept. Right, right. No, no, that's fair enough. Like, I should not lightly be agreeing and saying yes and, and signing yes if I haven't done it. The fact that that's just the way it's done. Oh, it's amazing. The Gentiles act wickedly and corruptly. But that's what they do. Yup. <laughs> no, fair enough. Good, good, good observation, JP. Nobody's going to disagree with me here. Come on. Oh, Bridget, front row, right there. This is more on the point that you were just making. So I'm sorry, yeah. not about all the other stuff. But, okay. um, so when making plans with people, is it good to kind of say, oh, I hope to do this? Or like like in your example, yeah. I think if you're the person who's throwing the party and someone's car, like you have to expect that, oh, maybe we made this plan, but like life happens. So I'm yeah. not going to totally hold them to it because you know that right. stuff happens but then i don't know let, okay, let me say this i don't want to make it a law that every time we speak in the future tense we must always or we sin say if the lord permits i definitely think minimally james expects that regularly it's something like that is what characterizes our words and such that if you don't say that, I should know enough about you to know what you mean. It gets back to clear communication. Um, there shouldn't be any doubt in my mind what you're saying. It's probably a good, safe default. I plan to, I hope to, I intend to. Those are all ways to say it. I don't, I don't want to make some new law. But, but clearly, James is picking on just a casual turn of speech. He, it's weird he's not going after them for their motives you want to make money and you capitalists you know he's just going after you, you don't factor god into your plans you don't talk like you factor god into your plans um and that's boasting and all such boasting is evil uh. so so yeah i think regularly consistently that should that should uh that should be our that should form our speech um such that if you don't sometime no one who knows you is confused about what you mean um, at least that. Or even I know like in certain friendships, 
people take it more seriously if you say, oh, I would like to hang out with you sometime. Like they take that as like, okay, like I really want to do that. So you have to be careful of like, I, I mean well, but it might be months before I follow through with that. So like right. just catering right. it to who you're even. Well, and that gets back to just knowing people and speaking plainly. I'll sometimes have to say to my wife, she'll ask me, can we, blah, blah. okay, this is not a morally binding contract. That sounds okay to me. I'm open to the idea, but I know when I've been tired before, and I'm like, yeah, sure. You said that we could do this. No, I'll try to pick my words. What you have said sounds good, and I don't see any reason right now why we can't do it. But I'm half awake, so let's talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, right. Right? Um, so just making sure you're speaking plainly and clearly to someone. Um, well, no, because in different cultures, one of the things I had to learn in Iowa is that sometimes when you ask somebody something and they say, I don't know, they meant no. <laughs> well, think about it. No, I had to realize people mean no sometimes. And then I'd come back and I'd be like, so have you thought about it? Like, yeah, I got to think about it some more. <laughs> no, I literally, I'm not even joking. And I won't reveal their identity because I'm not going to gossip. But somebody, th four times I asked them, and it probably over the course of two, two weeks, three weeks, if they wanted to participate in an activity. And they're like, well, think about it, we'll think about it. And then I come back and they're like, look, we told you no four times. God is my witness, I do not lie. I had to learn that. So now, to try to be clear, what do you mean? Which is always a great question to ask to make sure we're on the same page. What do you, what do you mean? Um, and, and find out what people mean by what they say and making sure people understand what you're saying. Um, likewise, you might be trying to guard your words. Hey, what do you think about that? That, that sounds doable. Well, I haven't agreed to anything. And if you thought, no, you said you'd do it, maybe it might be helpful for me to be more clear. I'm not making any promises. I'm not making a commitment. That sounds reasonable and like something I may well do tomorrow. You know, if that's what you need to say to communicate, the issue gets back to communicating clearly so that the other person understands what I mean to say. Otherwise, we need to go back to clever words where like, I didn't, I can't believe it's not butter. We never said it was butter. We just said we couldn't believe it wasn't butter. You could say, if you're dumb enough, you could say that about a rock, right? I can't believe it's not butter. You haven't really said much about your product. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, I can't believe that's not butter. It's a cup. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Siobhan? Thank you. So the two examples, um, the poker and war, Yeah. people can be deceptive, but not usually lying. going into the... Yeah, but not like okay go, go 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 but going into that people participating already know that the people they're playing against or yes. whatever are gonna are supposed to trick them yeah. right yeah. or whatever How yes and the difference might be if you're in occupied poland oh say you're trying to hide jews or you're the midwives if you were able to deceive get suspicion thrown off you um say say you were putting on the, the dressing like a doctor and that's why they think you're visiting a house you're, you're misleading them you're deceiving them it, yeah in war you expect your combatants are trying to fool trick overcome you that we get that and in the game same thing but there might be situations like with samuel where the deposed wicked king will kill me if he knows what i'm doing so i'm going to jesse's to offer sacrifice he is going to offer sacrifice and I think it's really instructive. The Lord tells him, he speaks what is true. He absolutely misleads Saul. He absolutely fools or deceives Saul. Because there's no question. This is the, Saul just lost the kingdom the chapter before. God's only prophet told him, and God's only prophet said, the Lord is seeking for himself a man. You better believe Saul is keeping his eye on where Samuel's going. And so when Saul's like, hey, why are you going over there? Did he actually not yes totally did yes he did it in, in, in association with anointing the lord's king <laughs> right, right 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 so so i i don't want to suggest we can just go i didn't lie because I mean, like my kids i don't even ask them if they lied to me did you deceive me it just cuts to the chase P parenting tip because your kid will come and they'll be like zadik hit me because you did what nothing okay is there anything else in this story you want to tell me? Because if I 
find out there's more to it and you are clearly misleading me to get me the wrong impression, you've deceived me and there's going to be consequences. So is there anything you want to add to this narrative? You know, um, so just, just, just to cut out the lawyering, the well, technically, um, yeah, because my child owes me the truth and not the seat. So I, I'd say you've got to argue even with the seat. When is it appropriate? Now, maybe the deceit is I want to surprise you for your birthday. And so I'm going to say, hey, you want to come to me? I'm going to run some errands. We're going to stop at a couple places. You want to tag along? We can chat. Let me go to your surprise party. You know what I mean? You kind of have to. Uh, oh, microphone to JP. I got it. So okay. how much um, guilt by association is there? So if I was at the dinner party where you're claiming to be a doctor, you know, after the dinner party, I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? But during the dinner party, do I just kind of sit in silence? Would that be... Well, okay, let's, let's work from the outside in. What you can't do is participate in evil. So if I'm lying in front of you, what you can't do is back me up. <laughs> so how does that work? No, no, I'm not saying that's all. I'm not saying that's all. I'm saying let's, let's work from the outside in. So I can't... If you're like, I'm a medical doctor. I'm like, that's right, he's a medical doctor. Like, I am lying, right? I am, I'm engaged in the lying. Uh, I can't back that up. With believers, I've either got to think, man, there's something weird going on here. I don't understand. I've got to either hope you're not sinning. Maybe he's rehearsing a theatrical event. This is, this is they're they're acting out a they're acting out a skit or a sketch from a play. I don't know what I'm thinking of. But if I'm convinced you're lying, I if you're my brother, I need to go and call you just to love you like any other sin if your brother sins show him his fault so i gotta be like, whoa what are you doing now maybe i hold give you the benefit of the doubt and then afterwards i challenge you like, dude what was that about so let's say let's, a better example might be something like we show up and you're like sorry you're late we ran into the traffic well i drove with you and i know there wasn't any traffic we're late because you overslept I might pull you aside to, to not shame you publicly to give you a chance to straighten it out yourself but jp that, that's not what happened Right. And say, so, dude, you lied to them. And maybe you can be like, no, there was traffic. Don't you remember? You were rocking out in your car and we got stuck behind. And maybe, I'm saying, I'll give them a chance to explain how that wasn't a lie. Um, and I, I don't have to publicly out you. But I do need to go challenge you. And I should do it in time for you to make it right and go back to those people and say, no, actually, I lied to you. So yeah. from that first outside in thing where you're not just validating whatever yeah. lie it is, how... Do, how um, how many layers removed is that in like the corporate world where you think there's a corporate policy that you disagree with, but you know, you're kind of an employee of the company. You're not necessarily maybe signing a statement saying, yes, I agree to everything they say. You know, what are the layers there? Sure. I, I think it would be with your responsibility. Like, let's just say I work for a cart maker and my cart maker lies. Can I still make wheels and carts for him? I think I can. You know what I mean? I mean, um, it, once you get to the various levels of management and executive issues, we're not, or what if they want you to repeat the lie? My, my, my mother-in-law had to, got fired because she wouldn't lie. Um, she worked for, where are you at, Serena? Oh, she's gone again. Okay. Um, I think she worked for, she was, she was a secretary. And the guy would be in and want her to tell people he wasn't in. And she said, look, can I tell them you're indisposed, you're busy, or you can't talk right now? And he's like, no, tell them I'm not here. She said, I won't do that. She got fired. So sometimes, even though you're not the boss, they want you to tell their lie for them. And that, yeah, I can't do that. Um, and so I think that's awesome, you know, um, that she did that. But if I'm not having to repeat the lie... I, I'm not. I think. I think it's going to be when I have to participate and take part in with the lie, that is going to be. Like, give me. Give me some better examples of where. Well, I think a lot of people in this room probably have to go through inclusion and diversity trainings, and you know, kind of the presupposition there is that this lifestyle is appropriate when we know it's not. Right. So what I what I shouldn't do is try to encourage people to think I believe I, I believe, believe these lies, but I think in most of these instances what you can do is hold your own peace and keep your mouth shut. 
Right. So that was my question is then kind of guilt by association. I don't, how, do, I don't, how far does that transfer? I don't think it does in that sense. I've talked to people in workplaces. Um, look, if your job doesn't require you to speak to your beliefs on many things like that, they're not paying you to proselytize. Keep your mouth shut and work. Like, like, why not do that? Um, and uh, even encourage one person in a tough case, a teacher, answers they could give that weren't like deceptive, but were cautious. Um, uh, a co-teacher wanted them to joint send something out that was like, what are your pronouns? And you can just say, I said, a cautious way you could say it is, as worded, I'm not comfortable with this. You got a lot more you could say, but there's nothing deceptive in that sense. You're just saying a smaller statement as worded. But then what you're not saying is, I don't agree with the gender identity stuff. What you're saying is, this particular document that I particularly was asked to send out as worded, I am not comfortable with it. I think you could say that and you might guard yourself some. Um, so I don't think there's anything deceptive in that. It's just saying less, giving less information. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think there's all sorts of room to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves in that sense. Similar to them letting Paul out the window in a basket. No, go. No, it's just um, kind of my two, two questions are merging in that. Just watch what you sign. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, the wording and some of the documents that you have to sign... Luckily, I don't haven't run into th anything too atrocious, but right. you gotta watch out right. because you could be well, consenting to a lot. Well, and that's that. No, no, exactly, exactly. And that's where the example of the Gibeonites is so flooring. I mean, if we thought there'd ever be a time I wouldn't be held to keep my word, it would be when someone lied to me and deceived and tricked me to get me to agree to something. And Saul has that thought a couple hundred years later. And the Lord's like, no rain for you until you do whatever they want you to do to satisfy them. You broke your word to them, you go find out from them what you have to do to make it right. And I'm not giving rain until you do that. <laughs> like, and which is why I'm getting back to, no, God doesn't lie and he takes it seriously. Um, and so, which is another notion. I mean, the other, the other biblical idea is if you find yourself making a commitment that you don't want to keep or is bad, the, the Proverbs say, go, go seek to be released. This is something we got got to have categories for. JP, I told you that I was going to pick you up at the airport. Can you release me from that commitment? Because these things came up. Would you be? But I'm recognizing I'm beholden to you now because I've given you my word. I've told you. I've just said yes. Forget like I made an oath. I've just said yes. Will you release me from what I said? There should be a sense of, of humble pie and humility because I said I'd do something and now I'm not going to do it. There's, and if, and if I say, I'm see you at the game tomorrow and I'm not there, I don't need to be like, why are you in my business? And he's like, what happened? You said you're going to be there. Like Paul recognizes in 2 Corinthians 1, and you're right to question me. I got to make an explanation for why I didn't come. That, that's partly what I was trying to highlight from that is Paul, by defending himself, recognizing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're at time. I can stick around for a few minutes if you have any further questions. Thank you much. God bless. Good day.